0: Welcome to the wet podcast episode number 40. guest today is Christopher Kramer uh, Christopher is he goes by uh, the pen name also of Christopher of Detroit he writes unusual books let's put it that way um, some of them are erotic in nature um, most of them are fantastic in a lot of ways uh, he's doing things a lot differently than than uh, some self-published authors and, and small press offer, authors so I thought I'd have him on to talk about that his most recent book is called The Erotic Tales of Bucephalus, and uh, I'm going to read the first paragraph of the uh, of the summary. The Erotic Tales of Bucephalus by Christopher of Detroit is an erotic novel that tells the story of a beast who experiences sexuality through the body of a man inside a spectral hotel lost in time. <laughs> I think that paragraph alone, or that sentence alone, gives you a, a good idea of what uh, Christopher writes. He also has a very interesting book called The Invisible Histories of the Spiral Mountain, uh, which chronicles his uh, a lot of his life in Detroit, where he's from, and uh, has moved to Portland, Oregon, and, and, and a lot of the things that happened in, in kind of a spiritual awakening. He also does uh, film criticism and uh, on the Odeon Review, uh, to which I have contributed in the past. And he's just kind of an all-around uh, writer and artist. He does visual art and bookmaking as well, which we talk about in the in the interview. So he's a he's a very all around guy, a, a true artist, a visual artist, and a writer. So it's it's really it's a really good interview, and I I, I had fun doing it. It's a wide ranging interview. We talk about uh, we talk about writing, writing habits, uh, book making, books in general. We talk about having lived in Detroit and kind of living your dream or, and chasing your dreams. You know. And, and, it's it's a, it's wide-ranging but it's a very very good interview. It's very interesting and uh one of the things he says towards the uh towards the end of the interview, he says something about being a writer and and living that rather than just kind of doing it in passing. Uh he says it much better than I just did. So just go ahead and listen to it. But that's the one thing that stood out to me the most, this idea of if you want to do something, you 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 do it and you be it to a large extent. And I think that's a some really good advice right there. That's a long-ish interview, so I'm going to keep this intro short. Uh, all the notes are in the show notes, ericmarshallnet slash wet. That's eric with a K, marshall with two L's dot net slash wet. You'll find this under episode number 40. And you can also find links to uh, Christopher's Amazon page and to all of his books there. And I'll put links to uh, to everything else that we talk about in the in the episode. Once again, I'm Eric Marshall. This is the Web Podcast, and you're about to listen to an interview with with Christopher of Detroit. So today I have with me Christopher Kramer. Hello, Chris. Hi, how are you? <laughs> good, good, good. I have Christopher on because he uh, does publishing um, a lot, like a lot of my previous guests. But he does things differently than a lot of people, and it's, it you know I think his journey has been very, very interesting so far. And so we're going to talk a lot about that because you're, uh, you know, Chris, you have your own kind of press, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I do uh, print books, also e- e-books, and also handmade books too under Sublimation works is my imprint.
0: And the uh, the handmade books are kind of interesting because I don't know anybody else who does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <You
1: know. laughs> there really isn't anybody else.
0: <laughs> Which is great, right? You know, there's a yeah. certain I mean, scarcity factor to
2: it.
1: Yeah, it also helps me um, see the book differently, I think, you know, by being able to actually build it as opposed to just writing it or publishing it. So, Um, my undergraduate is in book arts, so I learned all that in my undergraduate, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is, which is really cool. I think a lot of people, including me, I think of a book as just a bunch of text. It's a bunch of words. And to me, the format, most of the time, doesn't matter that much. You know, Mm -hmm. to me, it's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, compile my book and throw it up on Amazon and that's that, right? And then maybe go through, um, go through, uh, what's Amazon's print thing, um,
1: Create space. Yeah.
0: Or they go through create space to get the print stuff out, whatever done. Right. Right. Um, and then, you know, my friend, my friend, Nick Schlegel, who was on a couple episodes ago, he has a, a new book on an academic book and he brought it over. He's all happy. He's like, look, you know, he's had an actual hardcover book and he's really excited about it. And I was like, yeah, it's a great
1: feeling. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I thought, you know, I guess there is something to that, you know, it never really, it never really occurred to me. I was like, yeah, I guess there's something like holding a book in your hand, your own book in your hand, you know, so. Definitely. And I think you started off kind of more on the print side, right? than the ebooks. books yeah,
1: well, yeah well i i think i started more on the art side uh like before i went for book arts i was more of a painter and stuff and then i kind of led into book arts and then it led me into the story then it read, led me more into focusing on writing after uh graduating i started mainly focusing just on that part and the self-publishing the the physical like art side of it got less and less i would say
0: Okay, so you, you've you gone more into story and writing than the physical stuff, although you still kind of do both. Uh,
1: I still do the physical stuff, but in a different way. Now it's all digital, you know, because I'm producing print books and eBooks as well. So, um, like, before, like, I was actually doing letterpress printing and stuff, so I was actually setting the type oh. <laughs> on books. I mean, they were short books, you know, you couldn't really make anything that long, but... Uh, So I have that experience as well, but that is now, yeah, it it changes things. Um, Helps with your editing, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Editing skills, you know. (laughs) I'll bet. I'll bet. (laughs) Because
0: you're physically Uh, placing each letter, right? Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. you want to make it right the first time. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah. (laughs) So, but you probably wouldn't recommend that for most people.
1: Uh, I mean, I wouldn't do it if you wanted to actually print a real book. You know, I mean, obviously that's how they used to do it, but right, um, it, it was educational to sort of see that side of it because it made you appreciate letters more and also page design too. You know, oh, like right. yeah, things like that. Yeah, uh, it, it it translates into like Word as well or Scrivener like. Uh, typographic terms that are in those both those programs come from letterpress printing. So,
0: oh, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. I, it took me forever to figure that stuff out, and I still don't really understand <laughs> it. You know, it's one of right. my weak. It's one of my weaknesses. I'm like, I don't understand page layout. I don't understand any of this stuff. Right? What are these fonts? What are these types? Of, whatever they are, you know. And I right, see online right. a lot of times people selling um like uh, type sets. Is that what they're called? Type sets. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and stuff like that. I'm like, why they're would families. you? Was that?
1: Uh, they're called families too. Type Famous. families or yeah. sets. Yeah. And I'm always
0: like, why would I do that? Why would I want to? And then, like, as I continued on my journey, I was like, oh yeah, I, I kind of get it. <laughs> get, you know, But why, uh, why people would do that? Because it, it, it matters, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, especially like on covers and things, and you know, making. Especially when you're doing self-publishing, you're like trying to unify the piece. You know, you, want, you, might, you might not want all the same fonts in the inside and on the cover, but, like, using different fonts that are compatible, you know, it makes it better. It right. makes the design better. Yeah,
0: so. for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just do everything in Comic Sans so that's that's okay uh-huh. right
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that was a joke right? yeah, yeah that was a joke, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. yeah, was a joke. <laughs> yeah no Comic Sans is probably the last thing you want to <laughs> yeah. could you imagine <laughs> yeah that's that's a joke
0: I know enough to joke about that <laughs> at least yeah right, right. so yeah. yeah but there are a whole like, I've seen whole websites like uh, Joel Friedlander for example who just does like typesets and types and and it's and he has book design and it looks really cool but i'm always like cuz i know if you have a kindle or a nook or something you can just change the font yourself if you're doing an ebook like the reader can
2: yeah that's true you know true. so
0: i'm always like why bother but there are people who are not reading on those things they're reading on like pdfs or other things or on books yeah. you know if you do a book so it's something that, that that a person i think needs to think about but you started by thinking about it <laughs> so you've already
1: got yeah that, definitely you know? definitely and actually i you know i have a kindle and that is one of the things that disappoints me a little bit mm. about that format, eBooks in general. Is yeah, it, it gives freedom because you can change the font and the size of the type, but then that whole side of it is gone. Yeah, you know the the, the design side is pretty much gone. Yeah. So,
0: which is probably why I don't think about it. or A lot of people don't think about it as much because I know that no matter what I do with the book design on the inside, if it's an eBook, the reader can change yeah. it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Change
0: it. So, so I'm like, well, it's just, and that's why I, I probably have the idea that it's, it's just text in a file.
1: Yeah, you know. But I mean, yeah. when you read, when you read a book, it's psychological. You don't even really know. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like a cheap book compared to like a well-designed book. You yeah. know, even in a, even in a Kindle, mm-hmm. if if the cover is shoddy, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. then yeah. right away you're like, okay, this isn't top-notch. Yeah. Cover is uh, you
0: know. very important. Even the yeah. formatting of like the forward and the right. you know table of contents, if there are, all, if there is, things, one, you yeah.
1: know, all that stuff,
0: you know, you you uh. you look at that and you get a psychological kind of uh, reaction to that, you know, before right. you even start the story or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. When
1: when I first designed the, the few of the eBooks that I have out, I um I designed them just in terms of like letting the eBook do its thing, and then I started realizing that like a lot of my print book is being lost in translation, you know? Yeah. So I I actually made uh, images of, like, some of the cover pages and, like, chapter, uh, not really chapter headings, but, like, book changes and stuff. Okay. Thinking that that would, like, it takes a little longer to load up the file when you buy it, but you have a better experience, I think, because, like, Mm -hmm. when you're flipping through, there's, like, an image, you know, and it's, I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've seen books that do that, and I I kind of enjoy it. You know, if it comes it across, it yeah, if it comes across, yeah, in my right. Nook, and it usually does. You know, um, I was reading. Uh, what was oh, I can't remember what book it was. I was reading a book that had a lot of illustrations in my on my nook, and sometimes they came through, and sometimes they, they didn't, and it was yeah, annoying right. when they didn't. You know, yeah. Uh, so it's yeah, it's hard to it's hard to know. It depends what you're reading on too. I read on an e-ink. Uh, Nook, you know, which right. I love right. I absolutely love it, but a lot of people yeah. read on tablets, color tablets, which <laughs> that that changes things, I think as well it changes the format yeah. and stuff for sure so um
1: on the uh on the Kindle, I forgot what the program's called, but when you 're making the ebook um, you can actually look at it as if it 's on the different devices,
0: oh yeah, yeah,
1: which is kind of cool when you're designing because then you can like you know. See what you're doing wrong, I guess, right. for different devices, and try to put it in the middle somewhere.
0: And then there's some books that are meant to be, I think, looked at on on paper. Like you, you probably know, yeah. uh, Mark Z. Danielewski's House of Leaves. Have you read? Oh,
1: right, that? yeah, 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 yeah. With all the strange like page design and stuff.
0: Yeah, like that's something I can't it's imagine. Part of a story. I can't imagine reading that in an e-reader.
1: Yeah. Right. You Definitely. know how would
0: that even work? You know, mm-hmm. and in
1: illustrated books too.
0: Illustrated books, for sure. They just don't come across
1: as well, you know? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Even, um, like, I tried rereading Infinite Jest, David Foster Wallace's Mm -hmm. Infinite Jest, on on an e-reader, and it didn't work for me either because of the footnotes. You yeah. I don't know why, but maybe I had to get used to it. But in the in the paper book, I mean, it's huge. But you can put your finger in where the footnote is, and you can go back and forth. But right. in Nook, I had to like press the button, and it brings me to this other thing that went at the end of the footnote. I had to go back, but yeah. but the footnotes are right. often several pages, so you had to page mm-hmm. back. It just didn't, it just wasn't a good reading experience, yeah. you know, for me. So I think some things you want to have on, um, you know, in the paper format for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I'm starting to go back to that more and more, actually. I mean, when, when the Kindle came out, I got the first one. And, you know, I love books, so I wanted to see what it was about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it it was cool, and I love it. You know, I, I live in South Korea, and I travel a lot, so, like, it was very, very handy
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> to have it. When I went on a trip or something, I could have, you know, a hundred books with me if I wanted to, which I obviously wouldn't read them all, but, right. you know... Uh, but now I don't know. The last year or two, I've been buying more print books again. I'm kind of like it better. I don't know. There's just something about it.
0: Yeah, I go. I go back and forth a lot myself. Yeah, um, you know, because there was a period in my life where I moved a lot, and you know, you you load up all those box, books and boxes enough times, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I don't yeah, want right. to do this ever again. But there are certain things I have that I want, like things that I'll leaf through, things that I want to write on, um, mm-hmm. like textbooks, you know. Yeah, things right. that have interesting design um things like that I want on paper um but otherwise it's all on my i like i just like the i like ebooks a lot so yeah. but but there's there's something to each and there's nothing to having an, an object you know yeah, especially totally. given the type of um things you write so we should probably talk about that a little bit we haven't even talked about what you write (laughs) we're talking we jumped into the formatting and uh you know like like um so a lot of the people i've had on so far write a lot of genre fiction um uh, Mm -hmm. horror uh young adult romantic stuff right stuff like that but you you do something a little differently um you want to talk about yeah
1: i would say so (laughs) (laughs) you could say that
2: i suppose
1: (laughs) um I guess if you were to put it into any genre, it would probably be like mystical fiction or something. But, you know, sometimes it's more erotic. Sometimes it's more like experiential, like um, like the beat writing or something, where it's like about like religious experience and drug experience and things like that. Um, it's also like magical realism, I would say, would be in there somewhere. Fable, kind of.
0: <laughs> right, it's very hard to <laughs> categorize, right,
2: yeah, a little yeah. bit of everything, I would say <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: for sure, which is um which I find really interesting because I think the the general consensus, i guess um, of of indie publishing is write genre fiction, figure right. out what's going to sell, and write yeah. to that audience right that that's what I hear like over and over yeah. and over again Definitely. and. And you're doing the opposite. You're like, everyone's zigging. You're zagging, right? <laughs> right? Well,
1: they're probably making more money than I am.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. No, they probably are. Yeah, there's a good chance they're making more money than you are, but yeah. you know, but,
1: uh, I like that idea. And I, you know, I have, I have one, um, ebook, uh, serial that I do. That's like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in all, I mean, like with my novels, I don't know. I don't, I don't really see them as that kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. almost like a movie compared to a TV show, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I, I guess movies are serialized these days too, but mm-hmm. they're a little different than like a TV show. And yeah. I think like a lot of the indie stuff is more like a TV show. It's like, you know, episode 25, you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, a lot
0: of
2: the guys. that's do
1: fine that. for that kind of stuff, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and I understand why they're doing it. It's a product. It's like a brand,
2: you know. It lets
0: uh, you get out product a lot quicker too, because they're shorter, right?
1: Yeah, uh, and up, yeah. My, you know. my books aren't very short, so right. well, the second one is. The first one's not that short, but yeah. um, I'm yeah. still getting product out. It's just different, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I and I like that. I like the fact that you're taking you're taking you're you're treating it like art. Right, you know, yeah. self expression, things like that, rather than than catering to a particular um, like demographic or genre convention or whatever it might be, right?
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: Yeah, and I think there's value in both approaches. I, I don't like I, the people I know who do genre fiction. I think that's awesome. You know, I'm glad they do that, and it's cool, <laughs> right? Yeah, but, you I know, agree. But I think that with when it comes to um, like things that are more esoteric. Like you Mm do, I think there's also a place in indie publishing for that. I think I mean I would say that I mean would you say, I guess I'll ask you, that self publishing, indie publishing has opened up your audience or your your ability to get to an audience. Definitely.
1: I don't think my book books would be easily published by like a mainstream publisher. I just don't think it would happen. Mm -hmm. And if like if you go back and you take like a book I don't know, like um, a Burroughs book or, you know, something that came out that was like almost porno- considered pornography when it mm-hmm. first came out. And do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't yeah, yeah. on like extreme, uh mm-hmm. press or anything. Like if, if this technology was around then, just imagine like what could have gotten put out back yeah. then, you know, that probably just got, shoved under the rug you know yeah
0: or like was sold only in san francisco you know (laughs) at city lights or
1: something and that's it you know
0: and then nobody ever saw it you know because the like the beat generation that you're talking about that we know about you're talking Uh about maybe half a dozen dozen writers maybe you know that people kind of know right
1: but there's probably hundreds you know like there's gotta be hundreds
0: yeah definitely who put out a chat book or something mm-hmm. or two hundred two hundred right. copies or you know, or got confiscated by the police or it never exactly. got distributed. And right. they just they just kind of got washed away, you know, and now you can find mm-hmm. an audience, a global audience. Um, very quickly. Yeah, very very quickly, which which is nice, you know, and you're not um You know, and it's it's not stuff that people are going to consume quickly, (laughs) right? Or you know, kind of um, like kind of episodically necessarily. Although you do have one episodic, you know, kind of thing, right? Um, And it's it's more it's true to what you want to do. And you know, I think that you know, you I think you can find an audience, and it sounds like you have been finding an audience slowly but surely, right?
1: Yeah, it's you know, it builds. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the beauty of of like social networks and things is that you you start getting an audience in unlikely places that you're not expecting, mm-hmm. you know, like someone, you know, like when you, on your, um, create space profile or whatever, or K- uh, Kindle, the KDP thing, you can like see like where your book was bought from. Right. And I, you know, like I had a book bought in Japan and one in uh, England and I was like surprised cause I was like, how did this person find it? You know? Because I'm not that high in the search rankings, you know. Like <laughs> indie publishers, uh, all in all, probably aren't. You know, unless you're like super successful at it, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Or if you're doing so something that that a lot of people are going to buy.
1: Like, yeah, right. Like,
0: like genre fiction, you know. I think yeah. the people who are making the most money and ranking the highest in the indie world are probably romance authors. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, and maybe, um, well, erotic too, erotic and romance. But yeah. people who like fit squarely into those genres you know what I mean like like very like specific
1: 40 shades of gray
0: (laughs) 40 (laughs) shades 52 shades yeah Um, (laughs) right (laughs) I'm sure there are twilight twilight
1: part 46 (laughs)
0: right exactly exactly um which you know that like 50 shades started out as fan fiction right you know, yeah. I think it was Twilight fan fiction or something. So yeah, right. you never know where this stuff's going to go. But right. um, but for the most part, I think it's genre fiction where people are ranking high. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you must rank high in your categories. Or or can you not find a category? Are you, I mean, do you have like, – what categories uh, are you in, actually?
1: A, I'm in actually several categories. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I would say I don't rank very high. Um, I – there's so many people on Amazon that are doing this now that yeah. I think it's really easy to get buried. In fact, I think I sell more books by word of mouth mm-hmm. and people that I know, or you know, they find out that I write that I write and they're like, "Oh, I want to read it." You know, I find I definitely sell more books that way than on the, than on the, strictly on the internet. You know, yeah, but I do sell some on the internet too. Um, but I don't know. The, my first novel, I get, I guess, would be. In fiction which kind of isn't very good for that because i'm way down on the list because there's so much fiction right you know so much the second book is erotica it's a little higher up but still that's a pretty saturated market so yeah yeah
0: for sure um Do you do you rank high in the categories that you're in, or you must be? Not really. No. Yeah, yeah. Because I figure, like, because a lot of people go for like the broad categories and write the genre fiction, and put a bunch out. But I think another strategy Mm -hmm. is to find a category where there aren't very many people, many people publishing. Yeah, and try to rank in that category, right? But right. I don't think you're i don't think categories exist for what you do yet.
1: <laughs> you know uh, what I, mean? I don't know.
0: You know, like what did you say earlier? Uh, mystical, you know, like, like mystical memoir, or you know, kind of, like there's, yeah. there's no, there's that's no such thing. It's, that's a great term, actually. Mystical memoir—I like that. But right. you know, uh, you know, it's kind of like you said—it's kind of erotic, it's kind of romantic. But yeah, there's—I don't think there's there are specific categories yet, you know, well, I mean, that you fit into.
1: I mean, if you take if you take someone like Philip K Dick who's obviously his genre is science fiction but if you if you dissect his books there's like everything in those yeah, books you know sure. like and even really high spiritual ideas as well you mm-hmm. know so like he can sell his book in that category but like there are really like several categories some mm-hmm. are more than others you know but yeah i guess that's his that's the way he you know Was able to make a living off of it was to channel it into science fiction. Yeah, that's
0: a really good point because a lot of his stuff is very mystical. You and I share a a deep admiration for Philip K. Dick. Yeah, Um, right. Not just his fiction, but some of his, um, you know, kind of other stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he was able to make a living because it was easily. Understandable, I don't know. But it's science fiction. You know, people say, Oh, it's yeah, it's, oh Philip Kidd, it's science fiction. You know, they just get it. Uh, yeah, you're right yeah. about that. Yeah.
1: But the beauty is that he's like writing at different levels. Uh-huh. You know, if a sci fi writer wants to or if sci fi reader wants to read sci fi, it can be a sci fi story. Uh-huh. But it's also many other things, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, especially with him, you know. I mean, the yeah. best science fiction does that, but but he does it mm-hmm. on a whole different level, for sure. Right? Yeah. Right. yeah absolutely, man. Um, so that would be a, you know, if you can find that crossover, maybe right, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that, the word of mouth is interesting. So yeah, you had that weird download in Japan, you said, and it's yeah, it's so weird. And you know, I've heard stories of people who get big in a particular area and like have no idea why, you know, I right. think, um, right. was it Hugh Howie? It might've been him. Um, but somebody said that they were like really big in, um, I want to say like Vietnam or something. It was like, somewhere <laughs> you would, you know, some weird place you wouldn't expect people to be buying English books in the first place, you know? Right. You know, it right. might've been in South America, might have been Brazil or something. I don't know what it was, but I think it was like Vietnam yeah. or something. And, and you go and people would recognize him in the, in the airport and stuff like Weird. that, you know, but like everywhere else completely unknown, you know, or not completely, but, um, I'm totally butchering the story. I can't remember who it was or where it was, but you get the idea mm-hmm. where it's just like, I don't know why this happened. You know,
1: I, I uh, thought about doing like getting, uh, my books translated. Yeah. Uh, cause that just wide you know, makes your market, you know, mm-hmm. even more wide. So yeah, do you, it, do you do could you have, hit other countries. Do you have so, uh,
0: there's, you know, there are a lot of, um, services for that. But yeah. I've heard mixed reviews about all of them. I've heard good and bad right. about all of them. Yeah, the one that people um, talk about more, more often than the others is, I think, I think it's called Babblefish, and apparently it's okay. one of the. It's like it's like um, it's like Audible. How when you do audiobooks on Audible, you can a lot of times yeah. the narrator you can you can pay the narrator up front or you can mm-hmm. do a royalty split so you you split all the royalties of the audiobook mm-hmm. going forward right which is obviously that last way is cheaper for the author in initially but initially, it's more, initially it was more of a risk for the narrator right mm-hmm. because if it doesn't sell um so but babblefish i think it's called babbelfish um does the same thing with translation where you can get a royalty split translation, you know. Um and I've heard I've heard good things and I've heard really bad things as well. So I don't know. I just don't know, you know, how that would work. But if you think about it, you already have the book, so if you go to audio or right. you go to translations, that just broadens your audience, right? It gives you totally. more, th- more things to sell. Um, mm-hmm. Translation is weird for me because I I feel like you have a certain loss of control because like if I have something translated into let's say um, German like, I don't speak German mm-hmm. so I have no not right, know I have no way of proofreading it I, I just yeah, don't, right. you, know, uh, you have to kind of trust your translator um, mm-hmm. but I, that's just that's true for everybody I'm sure so that's just the way it goes you know but, yeah right um, but it's certainly worth worth uh, checking out you know it, it, if it would be worth it. Yeah, yeah, something to something to look into for sure. Especially if you get like if you see Japan popping up more and more, like oh, maybe yeah, I'll exactly. translate this in the Japanese, right? That's the right of thing. Right. You know? right. Um, I think people say the big language is German to translate into. Yeah. That's the second biggest, uh, I guess, um, ebook language market mm-hmm. market for language, whatever. But um, yeah, that's something definitely to think about down the road. H- have you done audio?
1: No, I haven't.
0: Yeah, that might be something to to look into as well. Um you'll probably yeah. you'd probably have to pay the narrator up front though, because they probably wouldn't right. want to do the royalty split. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's uh, a, a lot of uh upfront capital I'd have to yeah, <laughs> come yeah. up with, you know. Yeah.
0: I think you and I are are similar. I, I don't listen to a lot of audiobooks myself. Mm-hmm. Uh do you?
1: Uh I used to when I had a car, but I don't have I haven't had a car in like almost 20 years, so, like, right. I don't really do it as much now. Right, yeah,
0: so, uh-huh. so it's not even on the radar, right? Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you don't do
1: it, like, we don't listen to it, so I don't even think about doing
0: audio, so. But it's right. another thing to think about. Um, You know, you have to find a find a narrator who can, um you, you could read it yourself, too, if you have, you know, if you have the equipment. Stuff,
1: so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that seems like a, a big undertaking, though. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, the the general advice on that, from what I've heard, is don't read your own stuff, right? <laughs> uh, right. Especially if it's fiction. You know, I've heard that from Simon uh-huh. Whistler, for example, who I interviewed on. Ep- I don't remember what episode it was, but uh, when I interviewed him, he he does audio narration. He's like, yeah, I usually tell people not to do that, <laughs> unless it's like me- <laughs> it was memoir, then or nonfiction. Yeah, maybe, but not if it's <laughs> fiction, just, people just don't right. do it well. Okay, like, yeah, I understand right. that. I get that. <laughs> that makes sense. So
1: but you're better off having like. Someone like with acting skills a little bit they got to like right. interject some energy into the, exactly. <laughs> into the pros, you know
0: exactly <laughs> exactly, and you know i've spent forty episodes on this podcast and almost forty on the other one listening to my own voice, so i know I know what i 'm capable of not, and i don't want i don't want to listen to me, read a book for thirteen hours or whatever <laughs> you <Right>. know <laughs>
1: right. Right. can awesome. you can you imagine trying to actually record that too that oh. long?
0: gosh what I mean, a bunch
1: mistakes of you work. make and
0: everything. Yeah. Mistakes and then had to re edit and all that stuff <laughs> and you have to make sure the quality's good. Yeah, no, I have yep. I have great respect for uh for audiobook um narrators, you know, just yeah. just from doing this podcast, you know, I I just which is nothing like what they do. Yeah, I have mad respect <laughs> for them. It's it's a it's a real <laughs> job, you know, it's a real job. Right. No doubt. Right. Yeah, gosh. You know, so yeah, sometimes on my solo cast, I'll read a five or ten minute thing that I have prepared, like that I'll actually read, and I mess up on that.
2: <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. So, right. Yeah, it's
0: awful. It's awful, man. So, and you go by. We should probably mention this too. You go by a pen name on Amazon.
1: Yeah, mostly. Um, my pen name is Christopher of Detroit. Um, sort of a name that came about when I wrote my first novel sort of just fit the novel. If you read the novel, you'll understand. But um, I also, I've been considering going under my actual name to do like a tip book, like a writing tip book. Okay. Uh, So that might be out, I'm thinking about maybe by Christmas um, is my like goal. So I will have something out under my actual name, but most of of my writing is under the pseudonym. Okay, I'd say uh although my art, like if I have an art, I also show I have exhibits of art, so those are usually under my regular name, my real name
0: so you'll you'll be publishing under Christopher Kramer, but you also have Christopher of Detroit, right
1: right did you, did yeah, you and know? they'll probably be linked on the author page, so it won't be like a big deal or anything, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like my pseudonym is like to protect anybody right. or it's not like you know silly thing like that, it's just more a nickname that kind of came about when I wrote my first book. So I kept it.
0: It's memorable. You know, Mm. it's memorable. Yeah. It kind of sticks. Yeah. And it goes back to kind of, uh, to older days, you know, like Christopher. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. I mean, that's kind of like the first book had a lot to do with like the, like idea of like courtly love, like chivalry and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it made sense, you know? Yeah. And I'm kind of a wanderer and, you know, I love my city where I come from. So, yeah, kind of want to like advertise my city a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: yeah. a lot of man. I don't know if this is true of every city or a lot of cities, but in De- of Detroit, a lot of people. Oh, Are like, right. like that? You know?
1: It, yeah. It, if you're from Detroit, you're from Detroit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
0: wherever 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 you go, you've kind of got that yeah. Detroit
1: thing. Know. You know? know, it's totally
0: I know. true. It's so it's so true. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe people can weigh in on like the show notes and tell me if that's true of other places <laughs> or if we're full of crap, but I feel it too, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely so
1: I, I, meet, I meet a lot of people out here in Korea from different places, and you know they have pride with mm-hmm. where they're from, but like Detroit it's like survivor <laughs> yes. mode, so yeah. like if you survived, then you're just like, yeah, I'm from Detroit, you know yeah
0: yeah, you and I for a long <laughs> time. we lived uh what maybe a quarter of a block from each other.
1: Yeah, for a while,
0: a couple, a couple buildings over until you
2: yeah fire yeah yeah right <laughs> so my,
1: until my house caught on fire, <laughs> which is and pretty I moved to the same place of yes yeah
0: which is a pretty right. common occurrence in Detroit <laughs> yeah
1: definitely a very
0: common occurrence. but uh, so we have like we have that shared thing Um yeah. <laughs> I had actually forgotten about that so just not, it slipped my mind oh man those were the days but yeah there is a right. survivor kind of. Uh, mentality I think with people who have lived in the city in Detroit and yeah that's that so but it's I think that if you as you continue to build your brand and build an audience like that will be a really memorable name that that people like oh yeah Yeah, Christopher Detroit you know
1: especially like what I tried to do with my first book I wanted people to sort of see I mean the the entirety of the book is not set in Detroit but there's a major section and I was trying to illustrate what it was like to live there in those days you know yeah. And it was very unique, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. And you do a good job. You know, I've, I've read that. And oh, uh, and yeah, you do a great job of capturing what it's like to live in the city. Because I remember as I read it, I remember thinking about the fact that like we live on the same street, right? So I, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it doesn't get much closer than that. So, uh, right. yeah, I think you do a really good job of that. And then you, uh, I think a lot of it takes place in Oregon as well, right? In Portland. Yeah, that's, The
1: right? second half. The first yeah. half is mostly Detroit, hey, then in Oregon, the second half, yeah. Portland.
0: Yeah, which is also an interesting place. Uh, Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And now you're in South Korea. Um, (laughs) Right. A definite wanderer. So what are some of the tips you're going to have in the the book?
1: Uh, I've just been compiling these tips, God, for a long time. Just different things I've read and just jotting it down or ideas that I have or just practices that I do. You know, I don't want it to be just like, you know, elements of style, part two, or anything. Right. It wouldn't be like that. Right. It would be more like what I do to just get myself to write, you know, because yeah. a lot of people have a problem writing, you oh, know. Oh my gosh,
0: I, <laughs> I do. You know,
1: I do too. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. Really, you know,
0: it's a constant struggle. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the hardest part of writing is just getting your butt in the chair. Definitely. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, that's once you're there, you know, things tend to flow. Tend to flow most of the time. Uh, yeah. you know, but to me it, it's it's getting the button in the chair and finishing.
1: Yeah, definitely. Finishing. And I just wanna like put some of my what what's got me to be able to finish <laughs> two two novels, basically. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it was hard to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of people struggle, especially if they're like aspiring to do it. And then, you know, they might need like that encouragement, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I will, I will, I will buy that book and I will read that book (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. I think there are a lot of people who are struggling to start, uh, start a novel, start a work, whatever it is. There are a lot of people who are struggling to get, a a, I don't know rhythm going a, a daily practice mm-hmm. whatever it might be but there are also a lot of people who are just like you said struggling to finish you know I have yeah definitely I have three unfinished novels on hard drives around here somewhere you know one right. of them is very right. close you know one I you know I do nano every year and I fail every year and then so I have these like chunks of <laughs> novels you know right and
1: maybe they're all the same novel. <laughs> they might, you know, you know. just mix them all
0: together. <laughs> yeah, they're very right. different genres, but yeah, if I mix them together, it might actually work. You know, you never um, know. yeah, you never know. But I, then I just, yeah, you know, I don't finish them, and it's a problem. So I think that, that that aspect of your book, if you can foreground that in the marketing, you could probably get a lot of sales out. I mean, that that to me is like a big deal. Is like finish this stupid thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's also a lot of those books that are out are more about like grammar tips and stuff and i don't think that's what people really need they Mm -hmm. can look on the internet for that you know that's it's not that useful but like just like treating it like a lifestyle yeah that's one thing that i do i'm like always thinking about it you know like always it's like what do i I have to do next what has to be done yeah thinking about new ideas uh different ways to approach it and if you don't do that i don't think you will finish anything you know yeah you gotta you gotta live it i think
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's uh if it's your hobby, you're not going to do much yeah, with
1: it. You got to take it you know? seriously. <laughs> yeah. You know, even if you aren't getting paid for it, you got to treat it like you are getting paid for it, you know? Right. Or you're never going to succeed at it in exactly. my opinion.
0: I agree. Yeah, it's it's if not an obsession, at least a job.
1: <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. you're know, a
0: profession, a thing you do, a, a métier, yeah. a whatever however you want to put that, right? It's your it's your thing. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise you're yeah. not going to you're not going to do anything with it. I, I agree completely. So it's so your book will be more about like the lifestyle, you know, what it, how yeah. it takes to finish a book, you know, stuff like that, right?
1: Yeah, that and just great. little tips of, you know, practical tips about how to take notes and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, how you different things in Scrivener and how you can use that to oh, help you.
0: Cool, like, cool.
1: It's not going to be exclusively a Scrivener book or mm-hmm. anything, but I would recommend at the, you know, in the beginning that it's best to have Scrivener because I just yeah. think it is. But. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For listeners, um, Scrivener is a word processing program that, um, Chris and I both use. And I think probably a majority of the people I've interviewed probably use. I know the, yeah. once the self- you do that, you'll never go <laughs> yeah, back. Once you go word. to Scrivener, you'll never <laughs> use anything else. Um, if you can help it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great for writers. Um, I know the self publishing guys use it. um, uh, I'm trying to think of other people I've interviewed. But yeah, a lot of people use Scrivener. So yeah, those will be good tips to to use for sure. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, it's, It is it's good for great. that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's good It's good for being creative, I think. It really helps your creativity. Yeah. It's helped mine. I know that.
0: Yeah, me too. It helps me organize things a lot. Oh, definitely. Um,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: I, I try to explain to people why Scrivener is so great. And I can never quite... Nail it. Do you do you have a a reason why? Because I know it's true, but I just can't figure out why.
1: Uh, it's complicated. There's a lot of functions that it has that other things don't have, and I just think it's like for you said for especially for creative writing. Um, I've never really done any academic writing with it, but I would imagine it would be it works just yeah. as useful. <laughs> yeah, but <it> is. <laughs> um, just the way it's set up, and it's it you know it's just thinking as someone that would be creating something like that, you know. Yeah. It's set up that way. So it's it's, you know, it's intuitive, you know.
0: Yeah. I it's, agree. it's not
1: counterintuitive, you know. Yeah, like other so, word processing yeah, programs. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Which you'll go unnamed. <laughs> I right. I think it's um yeah, it's it does have a lot of functions, but it's also yeah. really simple.
2: Yeah. You know, definitely. when it's
0: you open when you open it up it's just a white thing with a th- some stuff on the side and that's it. And and you can compile in all kinds of different formats. It's really great. Um, I don't, I'm not trying to just advertise Scrivener, but like I always try to tell people like, like it's great, but, but why? <laughs> you know, it's right. simple, but you, it's got a lot of functions that you can you can use. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, the way you've described your your book so far, the tips book, it seems. Um, different from a lot of the books I've read. I've read a lot of like writing books um based on uh you know style or uh mm-hmm. practice or um speed and I like right. a lot of them. You know, I think Monica Leonel's book uh is really, really good. Um you know Chris Fox has a book out about five thousand words a day or something like that, which which I hear is very good. Um the self publishing guys have uh write, publish, repeat, which which I think is a but yeah, strong. I read that. That's yeah, a nice very book. strong book. But what you're describing sounds different, uh, and that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I, I would
1: say it would be more like, like Stephen King's on writing.
0: Okay, okay, but
1: but less of the autobiographical stuff because you know gotcha. he has so much of the autobiographical in there. Yeah. But yeah, but he does give a lot of useful advice. I think.
0: I think so too. And yeah,
1: I, I would like. You know, obviously, I'm not Stephen King, but I have struggled to produce things for a long several years mm-hmm. and I do produce them. So I have something to say about it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You do. Yeah. Even when King goes into the grammar stuff, I, I, I check out, you know, cause he has yeah, right. grammar stuff in on writing, you mm-hmm. know I mean? Yeah. Except for there's a whole kill your adverbs. I kind of like that, but beyond that, that's you know, very he, useful. It's very useful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very useful. He, uh but beyond that, there's a, there are a couple sections where he goes on a little bit about grammar and structure. And I'm like, come on, yeah. dude, <laughs> you know, right, right. anybody who's reading this book already knows this stuff. You Should know, know that. Yeah, Should exactly. know it and if they don't, it doesn't matter, you know, because that stuff can bog people down too, you know?
1: <laughs> so. Yeah, there's so many uh, variations on the rules that like, I've, you know, even in my books I've been, look, I've looked up stuff trying to find the right rule to make sure I'm using it correctly yeah. and it's just like, there's so many different opinions it's like, yeah. you know, I don't know, I think you're better off just wor- working on the story. <laughs> I, I agree. I
0: agree. And if you know,
1: make sure there are any typos, and you know, make sure the story is good. Yeah, make sure it makes
0: sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree. That stuff will come, you know. And you can you Maybe. can break the rules, you know. If you know the rules, yeah, you can break the rules because it, yeah. all, it has to do with the story, the style of your story, you know. So, definitely. Um, so that's not even a big. Deal and and uh, coming right. from me, a, it, you know to me, for me to be saying that because I'm a grammar guy, you know I, I've taught English for a million years and you know and all this stuff and I like I like I'm big about grammar, but you know once you know it, you can break it, you know yeah, um, definitely. so it's not yeah and like you said, just get elements of style if you. have
1: if yeah, that's that stuff, that's what right? everybody gets anyway. So, yeah, I mean, so
0: no one needs another elements of style. So Right. Yeah. That sounds good. I I'm, I'm really looking forward to that when it does come out. I'll um I'll post it to my social media and, and talk about it on the podcast awesome. and stuff. Yeah, that I'll definitely I'll, I'll definitely get the word out because that sounds like uh, like there are a lot of writing books out there, but th- it sounds like you're going to fill a particular um a particular niche a little bit.
1: So yeah, I cool, think so. You know? Definitely. Yeah.
0: You know uh you know Stephen Pressfield's uh book right the um the war of art the war of art
1: right? I I have that written down in my notebook but I've not read it yet okay but um, it's on my list of million books to read <laughs>
0: yeah what you're de- what you're describing sounds not not exactly like his at all but it sounds like it's it's going to be like a, it's going to be in that vein as well cuz he talks about the uh-huh. lifestyle of being an artist and right. this idea of defeating resistance you know how do you right. how do you live that lifestyle it's a really short book well mm-hmm. worth the read i recommend it to everybody um you, no matter what kind of art or or whatever you're doing i think it's worth reading uh right. but it sounds like what you're doing is kind of a mix of that and a more practical writing book so it sounds like it'll okay be, yeah it sounds like it's going to be right in the middle there. So it's going to be, yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I really look forward to that. That sounds, that sounds I should great. probably
1: read that
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: before. <laughs> yeah. You should probably get on that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that you're overlapping him at all. I'm Just saying like, yeah. it just sounds, cause I don't think you will, to be honest with you, but it sounds like you're, you're, you're threading the needle between what he does and what with some of the more, right. uh, kind of practical kind of nuts and boltsy kind of books do. Yeah.
1: yeah. I also yeah. want it to be more for like this new, uh, movement of sort of independent publishers. I think that's popping up in the last five years or so. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I, I think there's, I mean, there's this huge indie publishing movement, you know, and I think that it's, it's awesome. I'm so glad anybody can get their words out. You know, it's, (laughs) it's it's such an opportunity for people, but I feel like there is a certain, there's a certain orthodoxy already of Mm -hmm. you do, uh, you, you write genre fiction, you write in volume, you do as much, you write as much right. as you can, you know? And then within that, there are some arguments about exactly like, do you just go Amazon or do you, you go? Why do you do print or don't you? What's audio? Do you do audio? Do you do translations? But mostly it's like genre fiction, Write, right, write, right, right. Write, publish a lot. Yeah. Um, right. And then, and then don't worry about marketing until later. And so you've got like a, a big volume. And I think there's a definite value to that strategy But I think there's a lot of room for other stuff.
1: You know? Yeah, they don't ever really say in that strategy that you need to write a good book too. You yeah. know, like well, that's usually that's usually a given.
0: You know, a lot of people do say that. To be fair, a lot of people do say that. Like the first thing is write a good book, right? But well, I hope so. Write, write something that people want to read, right? That's usually right. step number one, you know. But right. then, but they gloss over that. It's like yeah, just write a good mm-hmm. book, you know. <laughs> yeah, Rather but be honest. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Because if people don't get first, past the first two pages, the rest of those words don't really make any difference, do they? Exactly. You know, especially exactly. when your reviews start rolling in. So so, right, <laughs> Right. But I think, there's, I think there's a lot of room for other things, and that's why I'm interested in talking to people like you who are doing um, yeah. art, you know, who are doing things that are more esoteric or idiosyncratic, people who are right. filling different niches. Um, I would love to talk to somebody, for example. I'm going to talk to somebody next week who does memoir because uh, mm-hmm. you know, when people talk about indie publishing, it's fiction or nonfiction. And nonfiction right. is usually like how-to stuff. But memoir is, this, is right in between the two. You know, yeah. and no one really talks about that. So I have someone uh, next week who's going to be do, who does memoir, and then I would like to talk. About, I, I would. I think there's a space for literary fiction in because a, oh, yeah. a lot of people say, "Oh, literary fiction will never work in indie publishing. You're not going to sell anything. No one wants to buy that stuff. You're not going to." And just because people say that tells me that it can be done. Oh,
1: I think so. I think <laughs> mine know? leans more towards that, definitely absolutely. than yep. genre fiction. So absolutely,
0: yep, yeah. And I think that if if indie publishers like you. Maybe mm-hmm. like me, if I ever get things done, uh, <laughs> and stuff. So if we can fill that literary fiction void, I think right. there's a market there, and I think there's a way Definitely. to really like make a name there. Uh, yeah, for sure. Know, because no one else is doing it,
1: right? You know, I agree. I totally agree.
0: But um, you know, it's 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 different because a lot of literary fiction depends on reviewers and publishers and being part of that. Like, take Jonathan Franzen for example. Have you heard of the stuff that's going on with him lately? No, so he 's got a book coming out it 's not even out yet, but he 's getting mm-hmm. all this backlash in the media because For what? It's, um apparently from what i 've understood it's it's uh it's a satire of um basically feminism and it makes mm-hmm. fun of like trigger warnings, <laughs> which is a big thing in, in education now and stuff like that and it takes on the what they call you know social justice warriors i 'm sure you 've heard that term before <laughs> so it, a lot of people are just saying that he's being um misogynistic and all this stuff. No, the book's not even out, right? Right. So most it's of us already not, happening. Yeah, it's already happening, but it's because he's plugged into that literary mm-hmm. fiction kind of hamster wheel mm-hmm. or whatever. It's Good it is, for him. You know? It's, it's going to give him
1: publicity.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> you know,
0: so many people will buy that book now because of that. I know. Yeah, for sure. And he's already a well-known name, so he, you know, he doesn't right. necessarily need that. But, um, but that doesn't happen. In indie publishing so much because we don't have the apparatus of, of reviewers yeah. and, you know, people aren't getting the, the book two months in advance and stuff like that, which is fine, <laughs> you know, but that's that's where literary fiction differs a little bit, I think, for, you know, where I think it's more of an uphill battle with, with indie publishers, perhaps.
1: Yeah, you know? it's also, I think if you put that much time into, like, all in all, I would say it's something that's literary fiction is going to take more time to write yes. than something that's just genre and, like, yeah. almost formulaic, yeah. you know, yeah so... I think, like, people that are leading to that side, you know, they have more to prove maybe because, like, mm-hmm. someone's, you're going to have to make your book more expensive because it took so long to write. Yeah. People aren't going to buy it for 99 cents, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be able to sell it for 99 cents. Yeah. You're
0: not going to But then,
1: exactly. Yeah. And then, like, the the more genre stuff, you could sell it because it's shorter mm-hmm. and it didn't probably take as long to write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it didn't take so much research or anything else yeah. that is included in the other stuff. So yeah,
0: and a reader doesn't care how long it took you to write, right? And there's no, they just they want to pay what they want to pay. But on the other hand, exactly. if they know if they know that it's literary fiction, and the type of reader who reads that stuff, they won't mind paying six ninety nine or nine ninety nine.
1: Especially if they like it. Especially if yeah. your reviews warrant it. That's the main yeah. thing: getting good reviews. But
0: yep. yeah, for sure. Are you on the other East ebook sellers besides Amazon?
1: Uh. No, I'm not. I was fooling with that, and then I just—I don't know. I just decided to stick with Amazon.
0: Yeah, it's an uphill battle of the other sellers for a lot of people. You know? Yeah. yeah. Are you in, um, uh KDP Select? Yes. And so you on Kindle, uh, is your stuff on Kindle Unlimited?
1: Refresh my memory on what so that the, is. Exactly.
0: So if you're in KDP Select, you you can right. select your stuff. I think it might go automatically, but I'm not sure. It says you know this. Uh, I don't have it, but Kindle has this thing where you pay ten bucks a month, and you can read as many books as you want, and you can have ten in your Kindle at the same time. Right, um, that's unlimited. So, so yeah, so for readers, it's like whatever's in KU Kindle Unlimited, they can just borrow, I guess, and read. At their, right, it's like Netflix. But yeah, you get ten at a time, and it's all mm-hmm. you know virtual. And only the only people who are in it are it, you have to be in KDB kdp selected b in it and i guess how they're right. doing it now this has changed last month is they pay yeah. you based on number of pages read which is kind <laughs> of kind of cool in a way you know they were doing huh. it by title so people were putting out a bunch of really short titles because people would get like a buck 50 per title for people just mm-hmm. borrowing it now it's you have to they have to read a certain amount um but you can that you
1: know, makes sense yeah so people the in book's K- good
0: if the book's good, right? Exactly. Well, it, it puts the onus on the author to write a good book that people actually want to keep reading, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, right, right. So,
0: but you get paid per per page view, and I, I think for um for where you are right now, it seems like it would be a good idea to be in Ku because then people who are in Ku, it's it's no risk for them to to right. to, grab, to grab your book, and then you still get mm-hmm. paid. <laughs> <laughs> you know right, what I mean? right, if right. they if they read right. it you know um, mm-hmm. so that uh, it might be worth checking out if you're not in it it might be worth checking out I've heard mixed yeah, reviews th- but I don't know
1: I don't think I'm in it I'm going to yeah. have to investigate right. that a bit
0: so I figure if you're already in select yeah and um, yeah. are you doing anything else with uh, like kind of professionally with uh, around writing and, and, and art you know because a lot of people will do like for example speaking engagements or
1: uh, writings right. and all,
0: stuff like that
2: uh
1: I uh, I'm still doing visual art. I had a show about eight months ago. Um, I was part of a show in Seoul. Um, and as far as the writing's concerned, mostly just this, I focus on this. I've I've actually started my third novel. Um, you know, it's still in the notes stage, but Mm -hmm. it's getting there. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't say I do any like performance or readings or anything like that so far.
0: Do you find uh, – in- oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. go ahead.
1: Just being over here, it's different because no one's going to understand what I'm saying. Right. That's, <laughs> so. what yeah. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you.
0: That's what I was going to ask you. Do you feel, find being in Seoul is, is kind of uh, a barrier <laughs> to some of that stuff? You know, must Oh, yeah, not. for yeah. sure.
1: For sure. Even for my art, um, some of my art examines more – erotic or you know sensual themes and i had to you know in my show i've done two shows here and both of them i had not censor myself but i had to really consider like what was going to offend because mm-hmm. like being offensive over here is very different than being offensive in america
2: <laughs> yeah. you know
1: like over here it could get me deported you know <laughs> like oops <laughs> yeah right you know, but in america you know they'll just be it might make me sell more books in america
0: yeah you know? yeah yeah the worst people would ignore you <laughs> or it might sell more books right but yeah you know. <laughs> it gets you deported you don't want to be deported
1: <laughs> yeah different rules to the game so <laughs> yeah
0: yeah oh man that's crazy Yeah, you're the yeah. second american expat i've talked to on the podcast and i and there's uh i thought to a British expat, but it's interesting this kind of global lifestyle right like yeah, there's things yeah. you have to consider that you don't have Definitely. to consider here you know right um, does it is there a certain freedom or or beyond that is there other is there a flip side to it that makes it easier to create there
1: No, I would say it's harder in some mm-hmm. ways um, I will say this I you know as far as writing's concerned I've gotten lots of ideas here, especially okay. from my next book. You know of that yeah. The next book's gonna be most mainly about Asia as well. So um or that's gonna be a component of it anyway. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I know I can only imagine how you know, being in a in a place that, you know, where I mean, I'm sure you speak the language now pretty well, but but <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but when you started you didn't, it's a completely yeah. different culture. I mean, I can only imagine that you would get all kinds of ideas. It must make you Examine your own ideals and, 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 definitely you know, and everything else, you know, <laughs> I can only imagine. And,
1: and the country that I come from as well, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things have changed. My view of my country has changed in many ways.
0: Uh, but it has. Yeah. And that, that will make it into <laughs> your fiction as well. Oh, I mean, yeah, It'll definitely. have to, right? Yeah.
2: Yep, yeah. For
0: sure. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Well, I will. Uh, I'll definitely point people in the direction of your um, of your works. You know. Um. You know. With with the with the small caveat that it's not like the other stuff you're going to read. You know, it's very unique. You know, right. which I think is a yeah. good thing. It's a strength. Um. Mm-hmm. And then you know, like I said, when your when your new when your tips book comes out, that's going to be that's going to be cool too. And that might open up other doors for you too.
1: You yeah. Know. I mean, that's one of the things in all the self publishing books. They always say, you know, try to get people to see what you're doing and that's one of the ways is to have nonfiction work
0: yeah exactly how to you know yep, yep. yeah a lot of people do it and it works you know for for mm-hmm. a lot of people it's a different audience authors yeah. versus readers but but there can be crossover right. there, I think there a lot of people say there's no crossover I think there can be crossover
1: uh, I think there's crossover I mean most mm-hmm. writers are readers It <laughs> should be exactly. you know
2: yeah you better and they be.
1: probably would appreciate something I'm doing more than maybe a casual reader might mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I, I think that there can be a lot of crossover and things like that. You know, so, um, yeah, so that'll be good. It might open up some doors. You never know what, what mm-hmm. you, I, you know, you and I have, I think, a very similar philosophy. It's like you just keep going, keep the wheels turning, keep doing stuff, yeah, and see where it leads you. <laughs> right? See what definitely. doors open and just keep going, keep going. And, you know, hopefully. Don't it,
1: give up and keep doing it. Yeah. You
0: know, yep. yep. And Keep your eyes open. <laughs> right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and adapt, you know. Adapt what you're doing. Yes, I I wouldn't say like adapt to against your own ideals or what you want to make, but just Mm -hmm. adapt to what's possible. Yeah, you know,
0: through the technology. I agree completely with that. You know, there was a moment where I was going to start writing something that I thought might sell, but Mm -hmm. it really was not something I wanted to write. It wasn't really. It,
1: yeah, you probably never finish that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you really didn't want to write it. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: exactly. It's like, am, am I doing this just for the money? You know, it's <laughs> your heart's not in it. It actually goes against some things that I want to do. I, yeah, it's just like, you know, what? I'm not going to do this. <laughs>
1: you
2: know, yeah. Even If
0: it is a, a quick buck or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I, I, you know, it's it's good to stay true to your principles, whatever whatever those principles might be. You know, for sure, definitely. You know? um, otherwise, you, there's too much. Uh, cross chatter, you know, cognitive dissonance. That's that's not gonna not gonna work out.
1: Yeah, me. and you're making a brand, you know, you want your brand, in my opinion, I want my brand to have some like integrity and like people see that, you know? Yeah, for sure. That'll go a long way, I think.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It'll make people buy your other stuff, no doubt. Exactly. And follow you and and all, and all mm-hmm. that. So yeah, absolutely. So well thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Oh thank you Is for inviting any- me. Is there
0: anything that um, I didn't ask you that you wanted to talk about?
1: Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, we covered, I guess, everything, really. Yeah, okay. Um, I always ask that just, question at the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, my work's on Amazon and it's there
0: yeah and I'll definitely buy it <laughs> yeah buy it I'll definitely yeah I'll put a link to your author profile on Amazon and then um any great. links to websites that you wanna um you wanna throw out there you know because a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that you and I are you know you have this uh you have a couple websites also I do um, yeah and um I'll put links to those and one of them I actually contribute to or have contributed <laughs> to uh a, a film Site, which I think we're going to start firing up again pretty soon. (laughs) Um, I've got some ideas for sure. So I'll link to those, uh, to the websites, and to your author profile page and whatever else you yeah. want me to link to i can definitely link to it and i'll you know so people can buy right on there so it's it's cool yeah um i think thanks. it's i appreciate it definitely worth buying so once again we have christopher kramer or christopher of detroit with us <laughs> on episode 40 and you can go to eric marshall.net slash wet to get show notes this is episode number 40 and thanks for listening Thanks for listening. You can find the wet podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to Patreon P A T R E O N and support there. You can pledge a certain amount per episode or per month, uh, just to kind of help me pay hosting costs and stuff. I really appreciate it and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.